We're going to continue to look at the work of the Holy Spirit through this month, and I want to look at, again at Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, the Ephesian church, and draw out some stuff uh, for a short time, which I think is relevant to us. It's, it's chapter 4. Uh, last time I spoke from chapter 3, I'm moving on. Uh, chapter 4, the end of his letter, or his chapter, so it says from verse 17, it should come up on the screen with the Lord's authority, I'm reading from New Living Translation, I say this, this is Paul writing, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness, they wander far from the life God gives, because they have closed their minds and have hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbor the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he's identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. In my heading for the Bible here, it's not the Bible, but whoever made up the Bible put the heading as living as children of light. Living as children of light. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that there is a spiritual battle which is intensifying every day in our planet. There's a spiritual battle between darkness and light, between darkness and the kingdom of the enemy and the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God and righteousness. And that battle is intensifying. There's a spiritual spiritual battle going on for the soul of mankind. I really believe that, whether it's in our personal lives, our national life, and our, the world life, there is an incredible spiritual battle between darkness and light, and we should be children of light. But when we say things like that, it can be quite fearsome. But you know, the prophet Isaiah records that when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up and raise up a standard against him. We are on the victory side, and Jesus said, and I believe Jesus, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I believe in the victory. I believe Jesus and light wins, and we thank God for that. But reality is, there's still a, a battle between darkness and light. There's a fight going on, and in the fight, there's always uh, people who get hurt. Even in the victorious side, people can get hurt in pain in the battle. 
And I pray that Paul prays here that we should be people of light and live as children of light to stop people getting damaged, to stop us from damaging people who are on our side. Today I want to re-emphasize the importance of the empowering, the leading, the guiding of the Holy Spirit for the fight. It's a spiritual battle and we need the Spirit of God to help us in a spiritual battle. It's a fight between darkness and light. And no matter what you think, you're on a side. In Joshua, we read the beginning of this past week, Joshua, the last chapter, says, you serve who you want, but as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. But he's basically saying, you serve somebody. You, don't, you can't be a conscientious objector in this fight. There's a fight going on and you're serving somebody. He said, but I'm making a choice to serve the kingdom of light. I'm making a choice to serve God. And we need to be children who live to serve the king of light. And today... Paul explains some contrast, and we're looking at the instead identity. I know it's the best I could come up with. Please forgive me. Paul talks about contrast here and explains the contrast between darkness and light, and we need to choose to be an instead person, not living for the world's systems, values, etc., but for the kingdom of God. What he says here, live no longer as gentle, live no longer as those who don't know Jesus Christ is the context. Their minds are full of darkness. But since you heard about Jesus, that was a great phrase, that phrase just gripped me. Since you heard about Jesus, there's a transformation come into your life. I think that's a whole series in church someday. Since you heard about Jesus. Since you heard about Jesus, you knew that you were loved, you were forgiven, you were called, you were saved, you've got forgiveness, you've got peace, you've got joy, you're alive, you've got a purpose. Since you heard about Jesus, something different come into your world. You don't need to live like that. You can be instead live for the kingdom of God and the life of God. Since you accepted Jesus, since you heard of Jesus, something happened and you can become an instead person. That girl that David spoke about, her identity was not in the abuse. Her identity was in who she was in Jesus Christ. And she chose not to live there, but to live in who she was in Jesus Christ. And so often can be identified by what we've done and where we've been, but our identity is in Jesus Christ. Instead of living in what people have said about us, what we think about ourselves, we need to be instead people. I've got an identity. It's who Jesus says I am, and I'm living for who he says I am. And there's three Topics I want to talk about. Point one is instead let. This isn't great English, I know, but instead let. Paul says in the contrast, throw off your old way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. There's an important point I want to put in here. Instead let involves permission. We are people of the Spirit, and we want to be people of Spirit. It says, let the Spirit renew. And so sometimes I can understand and appreciate that we can get a bit concerned when we start talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, or speaking in tongues, or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the power removed by the Spirit, and led by the Spirit. We can get a bit concerned that we get the impression that somehow the Spirit of God comes and takes control over us. And if you like, and, and just causes all our, everything to disappear. It's like he's in full control and he takes control and we have no willingness to get involved in this. It's as if against our will, the Holy Spirit comes and fills us and, and does something to us. You know, I want to tell you that's not right. It's demonic spirits who do that. But the Spirit of God is always looking for those who are willing to, for him to come and move. 
See, Paul says, let the Spirit, let the Spirit, you open yourselves up, the Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is not, oh, I'm out of control, I don't know what's happening. That's the money Spirit, but the Spirit of God, in a sense, acts like gentlemanly manner, and he's not looking for coming, he's looking for people who are open and willing to let him work in their life. Paul teaches that we need to let the Spirit renew our thoughts, our attitudes, our minds. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to come and renew, and renew us. Instead, don't be like them. It says they have closed their minds. Those ones who don't know Jesus, those who don't walk in the light, they have closed their minds. I.e., they have made a decision. I'm not letting you into my world. Every one of us has a decision to let people into our home. When people knock the door, we decide whether we'll let them in or not. Sometimes we'll have a sneaky look through a window to see who it is and maybe decide not even to answer the door. I'm not saying I do that. But the reality is we give permission for somebody to come in to our lives. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. We give him permission to come and work in our life. We give him the permission. He's not ramming the door down and barging in. He's not, we, we let him come in. Let me say that we should be people who say, Spirit, come. I'm giving you permission. Come in. Renew my heart, my mind. Renew every fiber of my being. Holy Spirit, I want to live for you in such a way I'm inviting you to come into my life, come into my world. I'm giving you permission. I'm opening up my door, my front door, my back door, my windows. I'm going to open up my every area of my life that you can get access to. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, I want you to come. I'm letting you. I'm giving you permission. Come and renew and transform me and change me and empower me and fill me. Lord, Holy Spirit, I'm saying today, let me give you permission to come and do what you want to do in my life. That's how we should be living. It's permission. As he does, you reflect the nature of Christ, the character of Christ, the light of Christ, and the world of darkness more and more. I love the verse, and it's about Israel in the Old Testament. And it says, darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. Going to say, all nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Principle, the greater the darkness, the brighter the light shines. And in a world of darkness and light at war with one another, the greater the darkness, the brighter the light shines. But you know, but the context, and we can take this and apply it to the church in the New Testament. The context says, you know what? The darker it gets, the more the light is attractive to people. Paul said, no testament, when there's darkness over the earth, people will see the light and kings will be drawn to that light because they see the darkness. And even though the world is getting darker and darker, I want to tell you, the light of Jesus Christ is shining brighter and brighter and God's at work and he's drawing people to the light and there's an attractiveness about the light because of the darkness. And I'm not in despair about the darkness. I'm in excitement because I believe the darker it gets, the greater the light's going to shine and the greater the drawing of God's people and other people will come to the light. But we need to be people who people are drawn to us because we shine the light. But to do that, we say, Spirit, I give you permission. I let you come and do that. Jesus said, let your light shine before men. Let me set God's deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Instead, let, one choose, instead, use. That's not permission, that's practice, that's practical. Verse, in the context, there's a battle here. 
how you live is important. In verse 28, Paul says, if you're a thief, quit stealing. No, it's a bit concerning that he's writing this letter to the church. Okay. It really is. Okay, some of this stuff. But if you're in this church and you're a thief, stop it. That's Paul. It's the word of God. It says, instead, use your hands for good hard work. I.e., it's okay to talk about, oh, with spirit and all the rest of it. There's a practical outworking of that. And it should be we use our hands or feet or whatever for good, not for bad. Don't damage people by your actions or your words. Use your tongue to speak good. Use your hands to do good. It says, instead, be helpful. Be helpful. Do good stuff. When we started this series, my first text at the beginning of the year was Acts 10, 38. It says, you know Jesus of Nazareth, how he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. You know, we should be do-gooders. Do-gooders is not an insult. I think it's a compliment. Uh, oh, you're a do-gooder. Yeah. What are you, a do-badder? Okay. okay. I might be a do-gooder and a do-badder. Okay. There's a practice with spirit-filled people, but there should be a practical outworking of that in our life. We talk good, we talk faith, we talk life, we speak life, but we need to do life, we need to do good, and we need, Lord, let your spirit lead and go empower us to do good. So, so that everything you say will be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Our actions and our practices and our words should be good, should be encouraging, not discouraging. It's quite frightening. Paul, writing to the church, says this, let your hands be used to do good. He gives a whole bunch of stuff that they need to stop doing. Stop being angry. Stop using bad language. Stop lying. Stop stealing instead. Because then he says, when you do that, you won't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Some verses say this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not make God's Spirit sad. Don't give God's Holy Spirit any reason to be upset with you. Hey, you don't want to mess with God's Holy Spirit. Do not make the Holy Spirit of God sorrowful. By the way you live, by the way you act, by the way you speak, don't make the Spirit of God sorrowful, sad. Let me suggest that some of us, if not all of us, at least one day, at one moment of this week, have brought sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way we've acted or the way we've spoken. Maybe not all of us. If you haven't, you can come and pray for the rest of us at the end of the service. But if we're honest, as Pentecostals, believers, we want the power, the energy, the life of the Holy Spirit. We want to see the Holy Spirit come and move in our lives. But we should be living in such a way that desire is to please and not grieve the Holy Spirit. And I would suggest at least some point, if we reflected it this week, by words we've spoken, by attitude, by our actions, at some point we've made the Spirit of God sorrowful. 
That should upset us. But the good news is in a few minutes, we're going to share communion together. And it's a great opportunity just to press the reset button. It's an opportunity to say, you know what? Yeah, I did it, but I'm sorry. And I'm moving on. And receive forgiveness, grace to go again. Forgiveness and grace to say, you know what? I'm making a decision that I'm going to do things that please rather than grieve the Holy Spirit. And the last point in the band will come up. That's a short one, wasn't it? Didn't get that much of a rest. Instead, let. We need to give permission to say, Holy Spirit, come move in my heart. He's waiting for us. He's not wanting to invade. He's looking for hearts that are open to receive and say, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do in my life, I'm, I'm giving you permission to do it. But he's looking for those who, instead of working and for darkness, to say, you know what, I'm going to use my tongue, use my hands, use everything for good. And instead be, it's purposeful. It's being. It's being all that he's called us to be. Our identity is in being all he's called us to be. Identity is the fact of being who or what a person is. And I appreciate and I'm serious with this point. Be purposeful in being all that God has called you to be. It's making a decision every day purposefully. I'm going to please God today. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to be kind to be. I'm going to be tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And this is a serious point, but I really felt heavy in my heart this week that people need to make a decision today. Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, instead be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Today there's a war going on between darkness and light. We don't need to harm and damage each other by our words and by our actions. We need to encourage one another and build one another up. You know what? And I'm saying this as sensitively as I can. We need to forgive. And there's people here today who needs to forgive. And I know opening yourself up like that and being tender-hearted and kind and forgiving makes you vulnerable. And I know it's not easy. I've been, in, I've been in times in my life where I didn't want to forgive people, but I made a decision to forgive them. Even though I didn't feel it, I was purposeful and forgiving. Because I realize unforgiveness, is, doesn't, unforgiveness doesn't damage them, it damages me. It's self-harm. You need to be purposeful in forgiveness today. 
And you know why we can? Because now look at that. And they say, wow, you forgave me? You forgave me? Wow. Wow. I didn't do anything. I didn't deserve your forgiveness. No. But I forgive you. But you can forgive and punish me. No. No. No, I'm forgiving you. It's no, I'll forgive you if, or I'll forgive you. But you have to do this. No. God says, I forgive you. If you just say sorry and receive me, I forgive you. You don't have to do it. You don't have to make up for it in that sense. You just need to receive forgiveness. But this morning, as we take this communion, I know there's some people, and I know it's hard, but you need to let go. You need to forgive. Forgive one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven us. This communion act we engage in sharpens our focus on what God has done for us. But today, as we come around this communion table, three areas I've spoke about for a little while. Some of us, as we come around the table, we just need to say, I want to let you, Holy Spirit, come and do what you need to do in my life. I'm coming to the altar in a sense. Come, Holy Spirit, come and I might be held back a bit on you, but this morning I'm saying, just Holy Spirit, I give you permission to come and do. Come and do all that you need and want to do in my life. As others need to make a decision that instead of doing bad stuff and speaking bad stuff, we're going to speak life and we're going to do good. We're going to use what we are, who we are, for the kingdom of light. But others need to be purposeful. Make a decision to be purposeful, to live for light. But also, I can't really emphasize this enough. If you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you need to deal with it right here and now. Let me encourage you, once you do, you'll begin to see a transformation in your life. And you might not feel it, that forgiveness, but you need to make a decision. Lord, I forgive. Lord, thank you, you forgave me. I'm going to forgive that person for what they've done. And I'm going to commit to pray for that person. And this is just to try and help you. I've been there. And I've prayed, God, I pray you'll bless that person. But my heart wasn't saying it, but my mouth was. But the more I prayed it, I came to the place where I said, Lord, I really do want you to bless that person. <laughs> because I was free. Because I began a process of forgiveness. But this morning, you may be not like that, and I don't think there's that many like that. I want us to take this, commun- this communion just to come and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, come. I give you permission to do all that you need to do in my life today. Lord, I thank you that my identity is because of this body that was broken, this cup representing the blood that was shed. I'm not what I used to be. I'm not who I was. I'm not what people say I am. I've got an instead identity. That I'm a child of the King. And I'm going to live as a child of the King who says, Holy Spirit, come and do what you need to do. I give you permission. I'm going to be intentional and practical and work out that salvation. But I'm going to be purposeful to live for the kingdom of light. Whatever God's dealing with you this morning, I'm just going to pray we'll take this communion together. But I'm just, for a few moments, can we just pause for a moment? No, the band's okay to play, but 
just going to pray then for a few moments. Just going to wait and let the Spirit of God deal in our hearts before we sing. Holy Spirit, we pray you'll come right now. Lord, take these simple words that I've used and and connect with us in a way where we can respond to you. Lord, for those who have shut out, closed their minds, closed the door to your spirit working in our lives, Father, we, we give you permission, Holy Spirit, to come this morning and just move in our hearts and our lives. Holy Spirit, come. Renew every fiber of our being. Come and just change us from inside out. Come in us, come upon us afresh. Come and do something new in our hearts. We give you permission to do what only you can do. We come to this altar place and we just, we say, come, Holy Spirit. Lord, some of just make a decision that we'll consciously start doing good. We'll quit some of the stuff we know we've been doing, which is not of you. And Lord, help us be purposeful, to be kind, to be tender-hearted, and to be forgiven. Father, for those who need to forgive and let go, I pray you'll heal the hurt and the pain. I pray you'll bring a release and a freedom that they can walk as the children of God in light in a new way. This morning, whatever's going on in everybody's heart, I know that you can meet us individually. And right now, as we come to the altar individually, and we partake of this wave of this kind of way which speaks to us of, wow, you forgive us. We let go of everything that's not bringing glory and honor to you. And we say, come and work in our hearts and minds and lives. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died so that we can receive his forgiveness. Father, we receive what you want to do in our hearts through your spirit this morning. And we do with hearts of appreciation that we don't deserve anything, but you've given us a new instead identity of being children of the living God. Amen.